to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 6th of September 2015, entitled Ceasing to Pray. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 16 to 25. It's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand with us this evening in honor of the precious and holy word of God as we read from 1 Samuel Chapter 12, let's begin reading in verse 16. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord. The Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. All the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. Samuel said unto the people, Fear not. Ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. But if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for your wonderful truth that we have before us, for your spirit that lives within us. Father, for the time that we can have together this evening, the freedom that we have to come together and worship, the place that we have to come into, the health and the strength to even be here this evening, Lord, we owe it all to you. Now, Father, over these next next moments, we pray that we would not waste this time because, Lord, it could easily be done, but we just pray that by the power of your Spirit that you would make alive your Word, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would give each one, Lord, because you know every heart here this evening, you know exactly what each one needs, and, Lord, we are dependent solely upon you and know that you and you alone can meet those needs. For that we pray and ask in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen and amen. Well, there are certainly a number of things that we could gather, but let me just give you the setting and really just some very simple thoughts this evening. I've not alliterated them in any special way or anything like that. We just want to really think on this matter of prayer. And I want you to notice the setting here for our reading in 1 Samuel chapter 12, You see, it was not God's plan up to this point for the nation of Israel to have a king ruling over them, an earthly king. He was their king. But the people kept 
asking for a king and acting for a king. Now, maybe you've heard the saying, as I've heard many times, be careful what you ask for because you might get it. Uh, sometimes that's been taken to be careful what you pray for uh, because you might get it. The truth is, is that these people had been asking for something, but what they were asking was not a good thing. What they were asking for was not something that was for their best, but we find here that Samuel, in talking with these people, he's saying to them, I'm going to show you just how wicked that this is. I'm going to pray to God, and I'm going to ask him to do something specific. This is not the time for rain. It's not the season for rain, but I'm going to pray that God will send down thunder and rain so that you know who he is. We find that Samuel prayed that prayer. And God sent the thunder and the rain. The people were afraid, both of God and, and of Samuel. They were fearful because of what they saw happening before their eyes. And then they began to say, oh, Samuel, please pray for us. Pray for us that, that, that God not consume us because they knew that they had done much sin. They knew that they had failed God. They knew that they had, had faltered. And he said, look at all the things we've done wrong. Now we've added this evil on top of all that by asking for a king that wasn't God's plan for us. But what's really interesting is what Samuel says back to them. Because you see, there's a couple of things I want you to grasp it tonight. So many times... One of the biggest reasons that we fail and cease to pray is because our relationship with God is suffering. We're not as close and intimate as we want to be. Just look at it on a natural level. When you are around family and friends and people that you care for, it's a natural thing to communicate, to talk to those people, to share with those people. We find that so many times it's because that our relationship is suffering in some way. Well, here, the nation of Israel said, wow, you know, we've messed up a lot. And here now we've done this really bad thing. And, and God is showing us that he's displeased with all this. But I want you to notice what Samuel says to them there in verse 20. He said, and Samuel said unto the people, fear not. Ye have done all this wickedness. Oh, yes, <laughs> you have messed up. You have done wrong. You have committed all this wickedness. Yet, he says, turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Because you're feeling guilty, because you've messed up, because you faltered to now, don't go farther away from God. What you need to do is serve God with all of your heart. Going farther away from God is not going to, to help you because that you've messed up. He says, and turn ye not aside. For then should you go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. Okay, so you've drifted in your relationship, and there's been a lot of wickedness in your life, and now you've been praying and asking God for something that's not what God wants for you. Now you're afraid because you see the presence of God, and you, you know that you've done wicked things, and you know that you've not been living the life that you ought to live. But don't be afraid. The worst thing you can do now is allow that to turn you farther away from God. You need to give God your heart. You need to serve God with all your heart. It's not going to make matters better by shutting God off and hurting that relationship. He said, don't turn aside because then you should go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver for they are vain. I promise you, 
When you start turning away from God, when your relationship with him suffers more, you're going to go after vain, worthless things in this world that will not profit you anything. He said, for the Lord will not forsake his people. Why? Because they're so great, because they deserve it. (laughs) The Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake. The Lord's not going to forsake you because of who he is, not because of who you are, because of who he is. The Lord will not forsake his people for his names, for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Do you realize what a wonderful blessing of grace that it is to belong to the Lord? The Lord's not going to forsake you. If there's any forsaking, if there's any separating in this relationship, it's going to be down to you. Now, you've messed up and you've done wrong, but don't keep going farther away from God. Remember, remember God's grace and making you his own. God will not forsake you. Serve him with all of your heart. Turn to him now. But this next verse is the one I want us to really focus on for just a few minutes because there's so much could be said about all this, and I want you to be encouraged this evening. Folks, we have all messed up. We can all look at the wickedness. We can all look at the sin in our lives, and there is much there. It is only by God's grace, but remember, it is by God's grace. He loved you so much, he did make you his own through his son, Jesus Christ. He will not forsake you. Please. He said, don't forsake him. Because you may not have got it all right in the past, don't turn further away from him. Don't allow that relationship to hurt more or you'll end up in a worse situation out there in the world. But turn to him. But notice this. You know, so many times when we, it's so easy for us to see how, not our wickedness, but how everybody else is messing up. How so-and-so, man, they're supposed to be a Christian and they're doing this or they're not doing that or they're down here or they're down there and it's so easy to start looking. Well, see, here, here's Samuel. He's right with God. He's the one that's on praying ground with God. Now, here's all these people before them and he's encouraging them to turn to the Lord, to serve him with all their heart, even though that they've messed up. But notice what Samuel says to them. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should, what's the next word in your Bible? Sin. They're talking about all their wicked. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He's not just saying that it's a bad thing or not a good thing. Yes, there's all that wickedness and you've built upon it, but God's not going to forsake you. Turn to God. As a matter of fact, God forbid that I commit sin by not praying for you. How many times do we really stop and think and consider that it's a sin not to pray to God? It's a sin not to pray. Our lives so many times, there's all kind of reasons that we're not going to go through all those this evening because that's not the main thing I want you. There's all kind of reasons that can take us away from our prayer life and sometimes it's just not realizing how much we need it. We need that relationship with the Lord. He said, God forbid 
that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. His particular praying was not even just for himself, but it was for those others that had failed God, for those others that were not where they needed to be. He says, but I will teach you the good and the right way. You know what? <laughs> you've messed up, you've faltered, you failed, but instead of me sitting back and judging and pointing fingers and thinking what a horrible, lousy, weak Christian that you are, I'm not going to sin also by failing to pray for you, and I'm going to try to be an example and show you the right way, show you God's way. You see, this is the only way God's word, that's the only way that Samuel could show them that was the right way was God's way. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to try to encourage you in God's way what God wants for you. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. Now, he's talking specifically to God's people here. Consider what God has done for you. Consider all the things that he's done for you. Don't dwell upon the failings. Dwell upon the greatness of God and his faithfulness and his promises and all the things that he's done and accomplished. But there is a but there. You see, you're not forced to do that. But if you shall still do wickedness, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. May I say this evening, before we press onward on this matter of prayer, you can't play games with God when it comes to sin. Now, Samuel was going to point them to the good and the right way, God's way. When God shows you something and then you choose to just not pay any attention to that, to do your own thing anyway, to go your own way, but if ye shall still do wickedly, you shall be consumed. You see, I don't care what you've done in the past, and I don't care how much you have failed God, and I don't care how much you've got your priorities wrong and where you've messed up and what you've done. The worst thing in the world that you can do is turn away from God because you've messed up before. No, you need to turn to God. You need to seek God. You need to serve him with all of your heart. You need to give him your all at this point in time. You can't change the wickedness of the past. God's grace will take care of that, though. He will not forsake you. He calls you to be his own. He won't forsake you. Don't you forsake him. But I want to just remind you this evening in all of our lives, the matter of prayer is so vital. We see two things here. I don't have time to really dwell on both of them, and I really shouldn't have to, but without God's word, without God's good and right way, and without our communicating with God, we will never be on the right path. We will never have the relationship that God wants, not because God has forsaken us, but because of where we are. You see, it's a sin not to pray. As a Christian, as a child of God, it is sin for you not to pray. Because the Bible itself expressly calls it sin here. I didn't write that. Samuel said, God forbid that I should sin by ceasing to pray for you. For me not to take this thing to God is sin. 
You see, not only does the Bible say expressly that it is sin, but I know that it's sin because the Bible tells us time, if this is what the good and the right way is, the Bible tells us time and time again that prayer is the right thing to do. Look with me, first of all, into the Gospel of Luke in chapter 18. And Jesus himself is telling a parable here. And notice what he says beginning in chapter 18, verse 1. Speaking of Jesus, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end. In other words, to this end, for this reason, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Jesus is telling them this parable for the express purpose that he wants them to understand that they ought to always pray and not give up and not faint. He said, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man. I have no fear of God, and I certainly am not afraid of what man might think or do. Yet, because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. In other words, I'm not afraid of God or man or anything. But boy, she just keeps coming back and keeps coming back with this. I'm going to do that. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Do you not think God's going to take care? You know, do <laughs> you not think that he will avenge those that are against you? I don't think there are many people that try to grasp, you know, the, you know, God knows everything. He knows what we need better than we know. And we'll even see some of that in just a moment here. But yet he's teaching us here that we ought to just continually pray for something over and over and over. Now God cares for us. And God's not just answering it because that we've gotten on his mind too much. <laughs> we've troubled him too much. We've gotten on his nerves too much, as we would say. Though we can see in, in an earthly example that man would even do that. But he says, God will avenge you. When he comes back, is he going to find a people of faith that believes that truly is calling upon him? You know, he's teaching us here that men ought always to pray. He's teaching us that just like that widow going to this earthly judge, we ought to continually ask. Now, I can't give you all the reasons because God already knows it. But the Bible teaches us very, very clearly the importance of us taking it to God and us praying to God. And that's what this whole example and illustration of this parable is for, is that we would not cease to pray, that we would continually pray and not faint. Well, if we look at that on the reverse side, if we're continually praying so that we don't faint, I say that we find enough scripture to show us also that if we don't pray, we will faint. 
The only reason that we can hold out, the only reason that we won't faint in this world is because of prayer to God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Three words to the whole verse. Pray without ceasing. Now, I've said to you that doesn't mean that 24 hours a day that you can kneel down and close your eyes and be in prayer in that way. But it does mean that we can constantly be in communication with God. You know, it's good sometimes. We kneel down to humble ourselves before God. We close our eyes in reverence and shutting everything else out as we communicate with him. We do all these things, but you don't have to do that in order to talk to God. That's not the only way to pray. We pray individually. The Bible teaches us of the importance of going into a closet to pray, but we also pray corporately. He shows us time and again that it's important for us to pray together for each other. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, many times, many times we've read this passage. It's the theme of our meeting every February about putting on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But I want you to notice here once again that after putting on all of that armor, he says in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I find it interesting, and we don't have time to go into all the words, but time and again, how that prayer, prayer always goes with not fainting. Here is with all perseverance and supplication for all. We're praying continually all the time for all saints, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So I want you to grasp and understand the importance of wherever you are in your Christian life, whatever you've messed up, how much evil that there might have been, that God hasn't forsaken you. But the thing that you need more than anything in, in the world is God's good and right way. And you need to cease not to pray. You need to understand that the greatest sin that you could commit right now is to shut God out of your life, to not pray. He tells us over and over and over, not only that it's a sin, but it's the right thing for us to do if we're going to be able to stand and persevere in this life. May I say to you something else? I believe that God calls it a sin because I think that not to pray, we can understand from Scripture, is actually a reproach to God. Now, I could go up to any one of you here this evening, and if I, if I told you, you know, you're a great friend, and, and I love you, and I care for you, and, and, you know, I'll do anything in the world for you, and all these things, and yet, when I see you, I don't speak to you. I don't say anything to you. Oh, I'm, I'm saying I love you, I, I can't, but I'm not talking to you. You think that, honestly, now, that's a reproach to anybody. That's the way you show somebody that you're not happy with them, not speaking to them. How many times, God forbid, I'm sure it's never happened here, but how many times has it happened between husbands and wives? No, we're not going to shout and scream and tear the roof down. We're just not going to speak at all. <laughs> you can speak just as much by not speaking sometimes as you can by, by shouting it from the rooftop. You see, when we don't talk to God, we may go around saying, oh, how much we love him, 
But if we snub him and don't even speak to him, and I think that it's also reproached because, you know, if we really believe him, if we really, we've sang several songs about prayer this evening. We've sang about trusting him and trusting him more and having greater faith. Well, if we look into Romans chapter 14, notice what the word of God says here. In Romans chapter 14, verse 23, the Word of God says this. It says, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. In other words, <laughs> the reason you're really not Praying over that food is because you don't really you don't really believe. You have doubts. You don't have faith to believe that God is the one that supplied it for you, and God's the one that will that will bless it in the first place. You turn over a few pages in your Bible to the book of Hebrews. Notice what he says in Hebrews chapter eleven and in verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Probably just a page over in your Bible in Hebrews chapter 12, he says in verse 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, when we take and we put these things together, it is a sin not to pray, because it is a reproach unto God. First of all, just to, to shun him in any way, but then not to believe him. If it's not a faith, it doesn't please God. That's what prayer is all about. You have not because you ask not. If we truly believe that God is in control, that he is the one that can take care of this situation, that he is the one that we need to go to, that he will fulfill every promise, then we'll quit going to the world. We'll quit worrying about it ourselves. And we'll take it to the Lord. We'll take it to the Lord. Do we really believe that God cares? Do we have the faith to believe that if we give it to God, it's going to be okay? If we truly let God have it, it's going to be all right. It's sin not to pray. Wherever your situation, if you've slipped away from God, it's sin not to pray. It's sin not to pray for others, and it's sin not to pray yourself. Because the Bible calls it sin. Because the Bible teaches us that it's the right thing to do. That it's the thing that will keep us strong. That it's the thing that will keep us going. We wonder why people slip and falter along the way. So many times it's because they've ceased to pray. When we cease to pray, it's a reproach to God. Because how can we honestly say we love him and we're not even communicating with him? We're not letting him show us the good in the right way. We're ceasing to communicate and to talk to him and to open our hearts to him. We'll complain to everybody else. We may even cry on everybody else's shoulders. And that's not always a bad thing. But it is a bad thing when we shut God out and we don't take it to him. It's sin. 
because the Bible encourages us over and over and over again. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, prayer is so important that the Bible even teaches us that I, I, you know, I know sometimes there are many situations. I don't, I don't really know how to pray or what to ask God for. I don't know how to pray about this situation. It might be somebody's sickness. It might be something that's going on. It might be for wisdom, and, and I don't always know. But I'm saying that this matter of praying, even when we don't know how to pray, he tells us in Romans chapter 8, Verse 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit, that's again the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. (laughs) Just be honest with God. Sometimes you just got to tell God, God, I don't know the answer. I don't even know how to pray for this situation, but I know I've got to give it to you. I know that it's wrong for me to be anxious and to worry about it myself. I've got to trust you with it. He says here that it's so important that God's even given us a helper, a partner. You know, Jesus promised that when he left You know, he said that he was going to send another alongside us to be our helper, to be here with us, and he did. And he lives and dwells within us. The same God that walked this earth in the flesh that was called Jesus lives within us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he says, just talk to me. Even when you don't know how, come and talk to me. I'm there within you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you pray. And, of course, some people have taken this all out of context, that I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not anything about speaking in some unknown language. My Bible says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. This is not something that's vocal. This is not something that comes out. He says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. This is something that comes from within. This is something that has not an outward thing, but it's an inward thing. Oh, this evening, I'm just trying to encourage you. Wherever you are in your Christian life, remember, God will not forsake you. God is the one that chose you to be his. He will never forsake you. And if you've drifted away and there's evil things in your life and there's sins and there's things that ought not to be, don't go further away, but come to God with all your heart. Serve him with all your heart. Listen to the good and the right way that he's got for you. Pray to him. Give it to God. He tries to teach us over and over and over. So many Christians wonder why they faltered and why they failed. So many times. Matter of fact, I would say almost always. Somewhere along the line. Yes, there might be a lot of other sins that end up being the ultimate that takes them away. But I'm saying that somewhere along the way, they quit taking instruction in the good, the right way. They cease to pray. That's why they faint. That's why they falter. 
That's why they go further astray. That's why they become more worried and more anxious. Remember who God is, all of his promises that he has for you, everything that he's done for you. May I say to you that when you cease to pray, you leave the door wide open for the enemy. Why do you think he told us after literally putting on all of that armor so that you can stand against all the tricks of Satan that he might bring against you? But he says, after you put all that on, pray, pray, pray. You see, we need God's strength in order to be able to survive. I want to give you two verses in closing this evening. In Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, and notice what he says down in verse 13. You see, this is the prayer that some call the Lord's Prayer. I prefer to call it the model prayer. You call it whatever you want to. But Jesus is teaching them how to pray. And do you notice what he says there in verse 13? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So many times <laughs> we want to wait until we're in trouble in order to pray for God to get us out of trouble. I'm saying that when we cease to pray, we open ourselves up for the enemy. He's teaching us here that we ought to be praying not to get into trouble in the first place with the enemy, to protect us from it, to lead us away from those paths. Not after he's got us so many times. We cease to pray. We fail to ask him. Turn over just a few pages to Matthew chapter 26. Notice what he says to us there in verse 41. Actually, begin in verse 40. He says, And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? He says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, you can have all the best intentions in the world, but we have to contend with this weak flesh all the time. Go back to what Samuel was telling the people. Yes, you messed up. <laughs> There's plenty of evil that you can look at. There's plenty of sin in all of your lives, but don't turn away from God because of it. Turn to him. Serve him with all of your heart. God forbid that I would sin by not praying for you. We see over and over in Scripture the importance of prayer in our lives. There's a lot of things, series of books and everything have been written, all that God teaches us about prayer. Go to God's Word. Look at what he says. I've just given you a few tidbits this evening because I want you to understand First of all, the danger of not praying, but that as God's child, you can always go to God. He's never asleep. His line's never busy. He's never got too much on his plate that he can't be worried about you. He says, always, always pray. My encouragement to you this evening is please, don't cease to pray. 
Don't cease to go to God for the good and the right way. Don't cease to pray. Don't let your relationship, so many times when our relationship grows a bit cold, we end up praying less. That's the natural thing. We don't feel like praying. We don't feel like talking to God. But that's when we need to talk to him the most probably. <laughs> we need to go to him. That's what's going to keep us from fainting. That's what's going to keep us from falling. When we try to do it ourselves, we will fall flat of our faces. Father, I thank you this evening, Lord. I pray that you just help us to remember, Lord, it's such a dangerous thing when we cease to pray. Lord, it's not just dangerous. Your word calls it sin. It's actually sin not to pray. We can look at many, many reasons for that, but Lord, you direct us to pray. You tell us to pray without ceasing. You teach us, Lord, that we ought to be praying not only to, to be directed away from the evil and the paths of evil, but Lord, we ought to put on the whole armor, protect ourselves from the enemy. We need to pray, pray, pray without ceasing. Help us to be a people of prayer. Help us, Lord, because we realize that, Lord, so many times we allow our lives to become so busy that we just forsake this matter of having some quiet time to communicate with you. Lord, help no day to be so busy that we shut you out, that we don't have time to talk to you. Help us to realize, Lord, yes, it is sin for us not to pray. It's not just some misdemeanor. It is sin for us not to pray. But it's one of the most dangerous things that as Christians we can do is when we quit communicating with you. So I pray, Lord, that you'd help. Help us to be a people of prayer. Help us to be a church of prayer. Lord, in most churches today, just like our own, Lord, the, usually the least attended meeting that the church has is the prayer meeting. And yet, Lord, it is so, so vital. Sometimes we could think, well, I don't have to be there to pray. I could pray anywhere. And yes, Lord, but we know that as a church family, we need to pray together. It'll make us stronger as a unit. It'll unite us. It'll bond us. So help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, as we think on these simple thoughts tonight of, Lord, ceasing to pray that it's sin, that it's dangerous. Lord, that for each and every one of us, it's the right thing to do, and it's what you encourage us to do. It's what will keep us strong. It's what will keep us, Lord, standing strong against the enemy and against the things of this world around us. So I pray, Lord, that you'd help each and every one of us not to depend upon our strength, all of our knowledge as Christians, all of the things that we know that help us to rely upon you. Help us to have the faith to trust and believe every promise that you've made for us and to remember you'll never forsake us. Lord, help us not to forsake you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.